I have a very special guest on my show today. Her name is Jennifer Young. How are you doing today, Jen? I'm doing just great. How are you doing? I am doing great as well. Very busy morning for me. But can you please introduce yourself and let us know who you are, what you do, and, you know, a little bit of background? Absolutely. Um, like you said, my name is Jennifer. I live in a small little village in the province of Prince Edward Island in Canada. I am a retired um, Canadian Air Force member. And um, I was diagnosed with PTSD back in about 2010. And I've been struggling with that and finding ways to cope and live with that as well as depression and anxiety. Um, I'm the mother of four children. One of them um, is no longer with us. She passed away shortly after she was born. And um, I've been married. I've been divorced. I've been in um, quite a few relationships. It's kind of hard to keep a, a relationship with PTSD and all of the other stuff going on. But I've um, recently become engaged and life okay. is looking pretty good these days. Okay. Well, congratulations on the engagement. Thank you. And thank you for, you know, talking about this. I know it's it's probably a little bit hard for you to kind of like revisit some of the topics um, and things that you've been through. But I just want to say thank you because I feel like you're speaking volumes to people who uh, might not be aware of what's going on in the community of people who have been battling PTSD. So, um, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into it. And can you explain kind of what caused your PTSD? Um, sure. I'm sort of, I think, still trying to kind of work through all of that. Um, the, the main thing that kind of really pushed me over the edge, I guess, was after I returned from um, a deployment. I was gone for six months in uh, 2007 into 2008 um, with the Canadian military in support of the war on, on Afghanistan. I wasn't actually in Afghanistan, um, but my six months away um, saw quite a few soldiers who didn't make it home alive. And um, we were kind of a big part of making sure that any member, not just of the Canadian forces, we had um, Australian Defence Force members as well as New Zealand, and um, I think there was a few British as well, uh, soldiers that we um, unfortunately sent home on their final flight as they didn't, um, you know, they, they paid the ultimate sacrifice. And right. from that, and I think just from some of the other things that had happened in my life, losing my, my second child, um, it just kind of, um, it, it kind of hit me hard and it, um, it brought up a lot of, uh, memories and a lot of struggles once I was home. And oh. it was in about 2009 that I, I realized, um, that there was something definitely going on that wasn't just, wasn't just your normal depression. It wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just being sad. I wasn't just having a rough time adapting back to life in Canada, there was definitely more to it. So that's kind of where my, um, my searching for some type of help and some type of understanding came. And from that, I really found that one of the biggest support networks out there with any type of mental health is peer support and reaching out to others that have been in similar situations. Um, just to kind of get a sense of the fact that, you know, you're really, you're not this crazy person 
um, you know, there's definitely something going on inside your brain and you just deal with life a little bit differently. And until you can actually reach out to other people that have been in similar situations, it's really kind of difficult to wrap your head around because you see everybody else carrying on in life and, you know, doing the, the quote unquote normal things that everybody does and you're just not able to do them. You know, some days you can't get out of bed. Some days, you know, you can't, you can't go into the grocery stores, you can't be out in public and it, it's, um, it really can make you become quite secluded in your home. And I kind of found that with the podcast and with, you know, um, the different bloggers out there and the YouTube channels, you can kind of connect with other people and get a little bit of strength and realize that, you know what, you don't have to fight this alone. And it, um, I really think that social media has an important role if there's a healthy balance, um, you know, to kind of getting your, your head focused and figuring out what is right for you as you move forward, living with the, with PTSD or, or depression or anxiety. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can relate to that uh, a little bit, but I kind of want to talk to you about what you did in the Canadian military, like what was your job? Because I, I'm in the United States Air Force. I don't know right. if there's any similarities or differences between the two um, services as far as it being, you know, a Canadian versus United States or Canadian opposed to, I don't want to say versus. Um, so, yeah, what, what was your job? I was a supply technician and I okay. dealt... Uh, most of my, I did 16 years with the Air Force and probably a good 15 years of that was spent with aircraft spares, um, meaning I dealt with aircraft parts. Um, really, it was kind of a, I, I hate describing it this way, but kind of a glorified Walmart of aircraft parts and pieces. Mm. And um, actually, oddly enough, I had quite um, a good connection with some American um, military members as well, because the aircraft fleet that we were working with was... Um, similar to some of the American aircraft as well. So if parts were kind of missing or if we were, you know, searching for something because the fleets are getting older and parts are, are less and less available, I actually found quite a bit of connection with the um, American Air Force in finding parts. And so there's quite a few similarities, I think, but there's also quite a bit of difference, um, I think, in the way the American Air Force is compared to the Canadian Air Force. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. I think the Americans do a lot more time away from home um, than maybe most of us Canadians do. Now, don't get me wrong, there is certain trades in the Canadian military that are, are away from home quite a bit. But right. in general, in my field, um, I felt that that was kind of one of the main differences is um, I was up in um, Greenland for a few weeks in support of our base up in alert and I met a couple of American military members there and um, it, it just boggled my mind they had been away from home for going on almost 13 months one of them had a young wife at home and um, he had been home and she had gotten pregnant and he was away for the entire pregnancy and it just it, it baffled my mind how um, how different things are in some ways compared yeah. to to Canada here. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that kind of sheds a bit of light. 
No, it does. It definitely does. You know, because I'm always interested to hear, you know, the differences between like all the forces of different countries and things like that. And especially like Canada. Um, I think, you know, it's it's interesting to a lot of Americans The I guess you could say the culture of Canada and how things are done there, because, you know, from my viewpoint and I can only speak for me, um, I don't really hear a lot of bad things going on in Canada. You know, like there is in America, like America has, you know, so much going on with like the news and, you know, attacks and, you know, just like, uh, you know, shootings. And yeah, I I don't know if it's just not getting broadcasted, but I know we're very close. I know I know there's a lot more similarities than there are differences, but I don't know what those differences are. Um, I actually, I have a good friend who is a retired, um, veteran from the States and he actually lives on the Island in Prince Edward Island now. Um, and he has PTSD as well. And, um, one of the differences that I've noticed just, and again, this is just me personally, and I'm sure others are going to have different opinions, but, mm-hmm. um, he still gets a lot of treatment, um, from veterans affairs down in the States. And it's amazing to me how well he is looked after and the veterans um actually we have two veterans up here in canada i i facilitate a support group for ill and injured veterans uh co-facilitate i should say here on the island and we actually have another um american war vet who used to deal with the the canine unit in the vietnam war and he still goes down to the states quite often um, to boston for treatment at one of the va hospitals down there and it just amazes me at the treatment that they're receiving and um, how fast it happens. You know, don't get me wrong. We do have a, a good medical system here in Canada and we do have, you know, the Veterans Affairs offices here, but we're slow. <laughs> we're, we're really wow. slow up here compared to what I'm hearing and what I've seen um, down in the States. So I, I think if I was to point out a difference, it's definitely that from what I see, the American VA definitely puts their their ill and injured veterans um as a priority and we kind of struggle a little bit with that i think here in canada and you know what i'm glad that that's such a you know an unbiased opinion from you because you know here in the states it's like i hear just it's just a lot of complaining like uh when you look at other countries and things like that like um, we have a good healthcare system here. I mean, yeah, do things go wrong or, you know, bad things happen? Yes, it's not perfect. But, you know, when you go to other countries and you see how bad the healthcare is, it, it's like, it. I think that people in the military can appreciate, you know, their country. You know, speaking from me being from the U.S., and I'm pretty sure you can, you being from Canada, if you go to like a third world country, you can just say, wow, like I'm so much, you know, I have so much appreciation from my homeland, like what we have here. And I think that a lot of people don't see that. So here, you know, it's actually the opposite of what I hear um, from veterans who are getting treated here. It's like, oh, the system is really slow. 
you know, it's going to take you forever to get seen by the VA and make sure if you ever get out and you're injured, make sure everything is documented, you know, because the VA sucks. Like, I just hear, like, a lot of bad things. <laughs> so it's good. It's good yeah. to hear something, you know, like, from a different, a completely different perspective from somebody outside who can give, like, kind of a comparison on, you know, what what we do well at and what we're not doing so well at. So, you know, I I just think that, a lot of people who don't have that insight on the big picture globally look at it and they're very, very, I guess you could say privileged, like their mindset is privileged to the point where they they take a lot for granted. Like even clean drinking water is taken for granted. Like the fact that, you know, even in the prisons here, we have clean drinking water or even you know, like the accessibility to just electricity, like just about every Everyday home. Things. Yeah, every home has electricity. It's just like, you know, and, and you know how you go out into the field and it's like you get stripped away from things like warm water in the shower. You know what I mean? Like it's just yes. it's those yep. little things, those little things that people just like, they complain about so, so much, man. And it's just crazy to me. It's crazy. It makes you see things a whole lot different. Um, it absolutely does. My my son, actually, he's in the Canadian Army. He's a combat engineer. Here, He's been okay. in for about four years. He actually just finished um, a little stint out in the field. And um, it, it's in Western Canada, and it's freezing cold. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, and and um, I, I, I was Air Force. I, I give all the kudos in the world, too. Mine was... I didn't really have quite the extremities that some of the, the army and the hardcore, you know, army people do have, but we definitely do take many things for granted, both in the States and in Canada. And if we were to just take a second and and look at what we have in life and be grateful and, you know, understand that it might take a little bit of time, but if you do things right, and if you, you know, treat people with respect and you go after what you think you need, you're going to get it. It might not happen overnight, but, you know, have patience. And I, I think that's one of the, one of the key points um, that I try and, and share in, in my podcast and, and what I do is that, you know, every day is, is filled with minutes and just take those minutes one at a time mm-hmm. and things are going to happen and it might take some time, but if you stay calm and if you focus on yourself and if you do things properly, you know, day in and day out, um, you know, I think life could be a lot more, a lot more peaceful and a lot less stressed if we, A, didn't demand so many things. And if we didn't, you know, kind of keep comparing ourselves to, you know, to somebody else or, or wishing we had more and just kind of take stock of what we do actually have and, and be appreciative for everything that we have in life around us. Right. So that brings me to my next uh, question. I kind of lured you into a little trap here. I hope you don't mind. (laughs) So (laughs) pretty much um, to tie everything together with what we've talked about since we've been on, I want to know kind of like coping mechanisms for your PTSD. And the question that I have for you, with you having the level of awareness that you do, does that help you cope with your PTSD? Because, I, you know, I do know people who have dealt with it um, on a very, very high stress level like you do. Um, so and, and the biggest thing that I hear from them is like bringing everything back to center 
and saying, you know, being aware of what's going on right then, right there kind of helps them like decrease that anxiety or stress uh, that they have from the PTSD by saying, you know, I'm not in a deployed environment or this isn't going on right now. Like kind of living in the now. Is that something that helps you? That is probably the top thing. And I think that's one of the the biggest points of of anybody that's you know getting stressed or getting anxious or you know even if you don't have PTSD is to just stop a minute and take a look at where you are right here right now in this minute what can you control and what can you do because when you start worrying about what's going on next week or next year or you know this thing that's coming up this weekend or you know you have to plan ahead yes but you also have to take some time to just sit and be still with who you are Sorry, that's my my little dog in the background here that's not getting enough attention. Um, but definitely just I've turned to yoga the last few months. I've really found that oh, you know, yoga is so great. It's amazing to just sit and breathe. You know, sometimes that's that's all you need to do is just close your eyes for even if you could just take one minute and just breathe. And, you know, fill your lungs up, get your brain some, some good oxygen and really just stay focused on right here and now and what is in front of you, you know, and, and really, if you don't focus on this minute, then it doesn't matter what's going to happen in an hour, because if, if you're losing your cool and you're losing your control, nothing's going to go right. Nothing's going to go your way. So the right. more that you can, you know, stay focused in the moment and find what works for you. You know, like I said, yoga you know, for my fiance, for example, the yoga is not his thing. He, he laughs at me and makes fun of me. Um, you know, he likes to be outside in the summertime. He likes to ride his bike. Um, you know, so really when you're trying to cope with PTSD and trying to live with it, you really do need to work on some type of meditation, whatever that means for you. Mm-hmm. And so it's so different for everybody. But what we found here with the group of, of veterans that, that are together what worked for you this month might not work next month or, you know, you, you might have, you know, been rolling along and everything's going good. And then some little thing happens and it just throws your world all to pieces. So really having other people around that can help support you and say, you know what, you had a crappy day. It's not going to last forever. Let's work through it and see how we can get you back and, you know, get your head on straight, get your feet grounded and just really be in the here and now is Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that people really need to which is hard because a lot of people are scared to do that you know because as soon as they stop or as soon as they go to close their eyes they have flashbacks or they have you know they they hear things or they see things and they are actually right back into that that traumatic spot and they they can't bring themselves back to the reality so sometimes it it takes a lot of years it takes a lot of, of work and encouragement and you know support to get to the point where you're comfortable with yourself and you're mm-hmm. comfortable in the fact that I'm okay to just sit here for a minute. I'm safe. You know, I, you know, if you need to, you know, hold on to your partner or, or, you know, find something that will ground you, that will remind you oh. that you are okay. You are here right now and this will pass. Yeah. But it, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing for a lot of people to, to be able to figure out. And it does take a lot of strength. Right. So like, with that, you know, that's how you manage your PTSD, at, like with you as a person, because, you know, I think it's very important for people to understand the 
the thing that makes people successful in anything with any definition of success is being able to control yourself and controlling yourself is entailed with a lot of different things. And I think the biggest thing is, is controlling your thoughts. So with that being said, now that you're getting like a better grasp on controlling yourself and, you know, mitigating this trauma that you've been through, how do you kind of, I guess, make everything okay for you to be in a relationship or what, what's like some of the hurdles that you've had to, you know, climb being in a relationship in the past that PTSD has, you know, attributed to negatively. I think the biggest hurdle um, is if the person that you're in this relationship with doesn't understand mental health. Um, you know, a lot of people are still, I know in Canada, there's still a huge stigma. And as soon as you say mental health, people automatically, you know, just assume that you're, you're crazy or that it's just a, an excuse for, for not wanting to do something or for being lazy. Um, mm mm-hmm. You know, because I, I have been in relations in the past where it just didn't, they didn't, and it's it's nothing to, you know, to cut them down or to talk badly about them. Some people just don't have the ability to, for whatever reason, to accept that mental health is an issue and it's okay to not be okay, really. Um, and it's okay to have a day that you, know, you, you can't get out of bed. And I know we had plans to go and do this, but today my head isn't here. I can't handle being out around people. And I think if you're in a relationship with somebody who's not supportive and who doesn't understand that side of things, it's really going to be difficult for you to be okay because you need that support. Um, You know, I I found that the relationship I'm in now, um, we, we've actually known each other for about 10 years, I guess. Um, We reconnected after a, a few years and we've been together for about a year now. And he also has PTSD. He's a, an ex-military as well. And wow. it's we, we had a lot of people, a lot of mutual friends kind of caution us at first and say, you know, are you aware of what you're getting into? Do you understand how, you know, how difficult that this could be? Right. And somehow we have, it hasn't been easy. You know, don't get me wrong. We've had some days where we've, you know, kind of been almost ready to, to throw in the towel. And then we just kind of stop and say, okay, hold on a second here. We're both having a moment you need to go and do what you need to do. I need to go and do what I need to do. But because we both have a really good grasp of what each of our PTSD means, we're able to kind of back away, still know that they're there to support, but also take the space that we need as an individual to work out what we need to do so that we can, you know, come back even stronger. And I think really that's what we've experienced so far is, you know, we hit these road bumps and, and we, in past relationships, if, if a similar, you know, if there would be a, an argument or, or, you know, a bad day, we would just kind of sweep it into the carpet, but we've really found that just by opening up and saying, okay, this is what we did. (laughs) Um, What are we going to do next time so that we can not have this blow up like it did, or what can we do in the future to to not do this because it's draining it's tiring it's not what we want and we really we just talk everything through and we've really found that communication is the key Boom. when things do get rough we kind of take a step back and say you know what when's the last time we actually sat and talked right so exactly wrapped up in our own heads um you know so for us 
it, it's really worked. It's been an eye opener for both of us. We are, we're both able to learn and kind of better look at ourselves, I think, because I know that if I'm doing something that, you know, isn't right or it's my PTSD that's, you know, making me act this way, he's able to say, hey, you know what, this isn't you. What's what's going on? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not brought up in a way that makes me feel like I'm, you know, being unreasonable or makes me feel that I'm less of a person or that I you know, I'm not worthy. It's brought up in a way to say, okay, you know what, let's focus on this for a second because this isn't right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's powerful though. Cause I mean, I would think that if somebody were to tell me like, oh, well, I battle with PTSD and my, you know, my significant other battles with PTSD, I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I would be saying the same thing. Like, are you sure you want to do it? But <clears throat> I think, I think that that would be the best way to do it. And, you know, because like you said, there's certain things that you have to have in a relationship. And I know I'm like getting way ahead of the game because love is like my topic for, you know, what is it? Six months away from now. But, you know, there's certain things you have to have, which is, you know, communication and understanding. But I think the first thing you have to have is that communication, because if you can't communicate, you're never going to be able to understand, you know, and that's on both parts. And it seems like you guys, you both of you are, you know, able to have a good communication, you know, uh, foundation because you both, you know, can relate and on top of that, you seem like you have active listening skills. So, you know, like you said, you can sit down and kind of say, whoa, okay, I'm having a moment, you're having a moment. Boom, self-awareness and communication. And then it's kind of like acknowledging, what do we need to do? That's the understanding, you know? So you guys are you guys are really killing it, you know? <clears throat> and that's beautiful because it is something that is overlooked and uh i think about it like this even even people who don't get deployed um can have ptsd or even if you haven't had any military experience or anything like that you can still have ptsd it's it's post traumatic stress disorder like if you've been through traumatic situations then you could have like a disorder in you know the way that you think that could be causing some kind of stressful reaction you know after that trauma so that's pretty much the way i look at ptsd like you know i know for me um previously when i was younger being homeless for you know what i feel like was a long period of time i to this day you know going outside and it being cold, it reminds me of that. You know what I mean? Or even like me complaining about, you know, not not wanting to cook or not wanting to go get food. It reminds me of like, dude, what what are you talking about? You know what I mean? So it's like Absolutely. Um and I, I think that's one of the uh really important point too is the fact that PTSD isn't just military. You know, right. there's first responders, there's there's children, there's there's men, there's women, it affects everybody and it affects everybody differently, but it's real, you know? And I think that's the hardest part is getting people to understand that, you know, because you look at me and, you know, people out in the community look at me and they're like, well, she's totally fine. Like there's nothing wrong with her, but 
they they can't see inside my head. They don't know that, yes, I'm out right now. But for the last five days, you know, I've been hidden away in my house because I knew I was going to have to go out today. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's terrifying. Right. You know, so it it's it, society itself, if we could just all kind of take a step back and not be quite so judgmental, it might help, you know, everybody right. with some type of a mental struggle to, to kind of be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, I think that um, I, I, I can agree with you on getting people to understand it. But when I think about these types of topics um, that are very touchy, that are very hard to understand, I think that it's, you know, my, it's, I feel like it's my duty to bring awareness to these things that people are having a hard time with. Um, and the only way I can do that is by acknowledging it myself. So, you know, uh, awareness equals acknowledgement. If you don't acknowledge things, then you're never going to be aware of them. If you don't acknowledge the fact that, you know, you might be going through some things, you're walking through life blind. You know what I mean? It's kind of like if somebody's, if they have a job and it's like money in, money out, they're always broke. They're not aware of their spending. And they're not aware because they're not acknowledging that they have a problem. So I think it's like people need to acknowledge that PTSD is a problem. It's real. It's something that, you know, is is very, very hard to understand. But before you get to the understanding phase, you have to acknowledge, you know, that it is a problem, like I said, and that it is real. And um, that is what we're doing right now is, you know, bringing awareness to people. And on the flip side of that, helping them understand. So moving on to kind of like the next and, you know, last thing that I want to talk to you about is understanding PTSD, like how, how it affects you. I know you've kind of like, you know, hit that a little bit where you stay in the house for a couple of days and, you know, you don't want to get out of bed, but what are some of the things like, if you could say two or three top things that you have experienced with PTSD um, that affect you the most that you could kind of shed some light on and help people understand what it makes you feel like when, you know, what you're thinking when you're going through that, what triggers those thoughts, like kind of understanding what, what's going on. Wow. <laughs> that's a, that's a loaded question. Um, okay. Let me kind of think about this for a minute here. So you're asking what, What it, pretty much what it feels like to have PTSD, what it feels like, what, you know, what makes okay. you feel that way, what, you know, like what thoughts are in your head, those types of things. Okay. Well, the first one I think that I, I have to say is you, I lose train of thought all the time. I could be mid-sentence and all of a sudden just go completely blank and have completely lost what we had just been talking about. Um, and that's kind of a, a common thing. And it, it's actually, it, when you're with other people that have PTSD that understand that, it just kind of becomes part of the conversation and we can actually laugh about it now because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. And, you know, we'll be in a conversation and I'll, I'll just look at the person and say, all right, bring me back because I have no idea what we were just talking about. And they'll kind of chuckle and say, yeah, I get that. I do that all the time. You know, so we kind of regroup and we, we go back on track. Um, but knowing that you're 
your brain or your thought process has the ability to just kind of zone out like that for a minute. It makes it hard to go out and engage in conversation <laughs> mm-hmm. because if you're talking with people in, in general and, you know, for everybody has different triggers, everybody has, you know, different things that might set them off and make them, you know, kind of zone out for a minute. But to try and explain that to somebody that has no idea, A, that you have PTSD or, or what it means to lose your train of thought like that, it's really difficult. Um, and there it kind of adds to the fact that it's difficult sometimes to get out of the house and to deal with that. Um, and I, I don't know if I'm really answering your question or not, but I, I think um, just the judgment as well. You know, I'm fairly young. I'm 45 years old. I've been retired for about four years now um, because I simply can't work. And when people, the, you know, the dreaded question, oh, what do you do? well I'm retired oh you're retired well yeah it wasn't my goal you know my my plan was to you know in Canada we we can complete 20 years in the military sometimes 25 that was my plan that was my goal Mm -hmm. well it was cut short when I was diagnosed with PTSD um you know so it it really makes you kind of lose your sense of who you are and feel that you really have to justify to most times complete strangers about what is going on and um you know and society can sometimes be pretty cruel and they can you know kind of make some jokes about it or or just don't quite gather it you know I don't want to not be employed but Mm -hmm. I also know that for me when I've tried to get myself back out into the workforce I would hit rock bottom um Mm. you know and for me being able to live day to day and still be here for my kids and still be here to, to have a life. Okay. You know, for right now working is not something that I can do. Um, and it's kind of a, a tough pill to swallow. And when you try and explain that to people in the general population, it sometimes doesn't, it doesn't go over quite as with as much compassion or as much empathy maybe as I, as it could. Um, right. Yeah, and I guess the the other thing is is just to um, just to be kind, you know. And if you see somebody that's maybe you know having a panic attack or having a you know a moment where they're looking really anxious, you, you know, maybe try and lend a hand, try and offer some kind, gentle words, and you know some reassurance. But just, I guess the main thing I'd like people to know about PTSD is that we're, we're still normal. We're still human. Mm-hmm. We just deal with things a little bit differently. And if everybody could just, you know, be a little bit more kind and gentle and, and not so judgmental when it comes to, you know, disorders that you can't see is probably the biggest thing that I'd like to, to get across to people. Okay. All right. Well, we're a little bit over 30 minutes. Um, I really appreciate you coming on and, you know, bringing awareness to this topic and, um, you know, thank you so much for being open, honest, and, you know, sharing the time that you had to even talk about some of these things I know that still bother you. And, um, yeah, I really appreciate it. I'm pretty sure everybody else out there who battles with PTSD also appreciates you taking your time to kind of, you know, you know, speak on the cause of it. And um, I never would have thought that people kind of made fun of people with PTSD or anything like that. But, you know, people make fun of people for a lot of different things. And um, 
that's just something that I wasn't aware of, you know, and that's something that I need to acknowledge and kind of, you know, I guess I, I would like to be more involved in the community of um, people who deal with it and, uh, you know, kind of trying to figure out what I could do to help and, you know, share some kind of insight on techniques that people could use to, you know, better themselves or heal from it or just learn right. how to cope with it a lot better than Absolutely. what they're currently doing. Yeah. Um, well, so. doing this podcast is a, is a great thing because like you say, getting, getting the word out there and the more people, you know, I, I've shared a few stories on my podcast already of, of some of the struggles I've been through that I never had the courage to talk about before, mm-hmm. but what's got me through these is listening to other people talk about them, listening to people share their stories. So really what the, you know, the main thing is, is let people know it's okay to talk about it. We encourage you to talk about it, you know, take that stigma away and, you know, let people know that mental health should be just as important as your physical health. And, you know, a smile goes a long way, whether you're, (laughs) you know, for anybody, even if you don't have PTSD, you know, if if society could just be a bit more, you know, gentle in their, their ways and, definitely goes a long way but I thank you for having me on and it was a it was a pleasure to chat with you and you know get to hear a little bit more about the the American Air Force as well and hopefully one day in the future I'll I'll have you on my podcast as well for a guest oh, yeah, like to for chat sure. a bit more with you. yeah that's that's too easy to make happen but to wrap everything up can you please tell us where we can find you what kind of what what's the name of your podcast if you have any websites a book you've written anything that you got that you want to share with people Please let us know how we can find Jessica. Absolutely. I don't have a book yet. Um, I'm just. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You know what? I said your name wrong. I'm sorry, Jennifer. Let me correct oh, no that. Let me correct that. I'm sorry, people. Jennifer Young. <laughs> I am, I'm on Facebook as Jennifer Young, and I have a Facebook page called Jen's Journey. I'm also on Spotify with Jen's Journey to Emotional Peace. Um, probably the easiest way to get to me is on Facebook. By all means, I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a line. Let me know what you thought of this podcast. If there's something that you'd like to hear about or share with me, I'd just love to hear from you. Mm-hmm.